Okay, uh, good evening everybody. Great to see everyone. Um, to our second uh, in the series of uh, Behind the Mask of Futner on Purim. Um, so we're going to talk tonight, actually much last time we covered a, a rather lengthy Futner's first piece on Purim. Tonight we're going to talk about Indian Yud Gimbal, the 13th piece of Futner has in the Seber Pach Yitzchak on Purim. A much, much shorter piece, uh, but equally important. Really very, very... Uh, I just think very central, central theme that we don't think about very much. When we talk about Purim, we talk about Purim, we usually think about uh, Simcha, and we'll talk about that probably next time. Um, we think about Amalek, like we talked about last time. We don't talk a lot, or maybe we do, I don't know. But I don't think we talk a lot about davening on Purim. Um, davening is not one of the uh, four mitzvahs of the day of Purim. Uh, we have a lot to do every Purim. And tefillah is one of the things that oftentimes we... Uh, get done, uh, but quickly, because i got to get my davening done to listen to the Megillah, i have to get my davening done so I can go to the Purim Suda, and in between that, I do all the mitzvahs of the day, and davening kind of like becomes something that we focus on a little bit less, and we'll see tonight is that the emphasis on tefillah, both in Chazal, and a particular type of tefillah, both in Chazal and in the Megillah itself, is uh, extraordinarily central to the theme of Purim itself. Uh, if you look in source number one, you find the fourth parak of Megillus Esther, which is really the turning point. Um, and really, I would say the most, um, it's really the turning point in the Megillah. And it's one of the most powerful scenes. We don't think about it as much because we read it every year. Um, but such, a, such an incredibly powerful conversation that goes on between Mordechai and Esther. Um, and there's so many layers to this, to this story, but we're going to look at it from one, just from one perspective. In, in uh, Perak Dalid, uh, Haman and Achashosh have made their, made their deal. The letters have gone out. The Jewish people are to be murdered in 11 months from then. Uh, the letters go out in, in, uh, in Nisan. And not, nothing's supposed to happen again until, as we know, until to, to Yud Gimel Adar. So, um, so uh, what happens? Mordechai finds out. Mordechai da kosher nesa. He and he tears his clothing. He puts on sak ve'ifer, and he's walking on the streets. And he's used to going to the, to the shar hamelach. He's not allowed to go to the shar hamelach anymore because he's dressed in his avila's clothing. And Esther's like, "What's going on here? What what happened?" And basically, um, Mordechai sends back to her, and he tells her she didn't know. She's sitting in the palace, and she had no idea about what was going on uh, in the inner workings. And she basically says to him, this is, this is what it is. This is what happened. They made a deal. We're all going to be killed. And, uh, and then he tells her, I need you to, to go. You have to go. Speak to the king. And, uh, and Esther responds to him. And she says to him, this is not in your sheet yet. He, she says, Everybody knows the rules. If you go into the melech, but you weren't called to go, that's it, you're off with your head, you're going to be killed. Unless the king saves you, meaning the assumption is that you walk in, you're dead. He doesn't have to command you to be dead. You're, you are, you're killed by walking in without, without permission. Unless the king saves your life. Right? He has to actively save you. Otherwise, just by walking in, you're already sentenced to death. Love, uh, and so there he says, I haven't seen the king in 30 days. How can I go? I'm sorry. I, if I show up there, I'm literally, 
I'm just walking into to, to a death sentence. Can't happen. And they tell Mordechai what Esther sent. She's what Esther Esther's message. And Mordechai responds with a scathing rebuke to Esther. Mordechai says back to Esther, Don't think, Esther, that you're going to be able to save your life by hiding away in the palace. If you're quiet now, This is not what you think he's going to say now. If you think he's saying, if you don't stand up, we're finished. It's not what he says. He says, if you don't stand up, don't worry, someone else take care of it. Kodesh Baruch will get done when he needs to get done. But if you're quiet, we'll find another way out. But you and your father's house will be destroyed. And don't forget, Esther and Mordechai are related. Who knows if it was for this moment, Esther, that you were placed in this position. And what happens? She then responds to him. But the question is, what, was, what is going on with Mordechai? What is Mordechai accusing Esther of? This is, Esther is, right? She is, you know, Esther Malka. She's a tzaddikah. She's a, she's a person who's on an incredibly high level. We know that about her. So what does that mean that there's an assumption that Esther's trying to hide? Esther's trying to put herself she cares about her life more than all of the rest of Amiso. She wasn't going to step up for them. She wasn't going to try. What, what, what is going on here? Look at Rashi. Rashi says in source number two, Don't think that all, we're all killed, that you're going to hide. You don't want to endanger yourself. We're all going to die, for sure. And you, because of Suffolk, maybe it won't work out for you. That's what Rashi says he said. And it's wild. How can that be what he's saying there? Let's take a look at Sarah number 3. Sarah number 3 is the Sefer Or Chadash, which is the, the parish of the Ma'aral on the, on the Megillah. And the Or Chadash, the Ma'aral, asked this question. We're going to see the Refutner ask the question also. And he says, She's She's, she's not going to do anything. She's going to watch the Jewish people be destroyed. It's only because of Mordechai that she steps up. And he says, no. Venira, he says. What did he see? He doesn't think that Esther's not going to do anything. Of course, Esther's going to act. But not yet. And he has like, you know, exhort it to, to, to do it. What's Esther saying? I have a lot of time. I have a lot of time. Right? There's 11 months before this is going to happen. It's actually very, it's a lot of sense. What is she saying to him? And I, I didn't see this until, until just recently. And I never thought about it like this. She's saying, I have 11 months. If I go in now, I'm dead. Unless he decides to save my life. And we know Ahasuerus is not the quickest at saving the lives of his queens. So she says, if I go in now and he's in a bad mood, that's it, off of my head. I could just wait a few days. I could wait a few weeks. This isn't going to happen for 11 months. So she says, what do I have to go now for? Why do I have to risk my life at this moment? Let me just wait a little bit. And then, it, then it'll be, a, it'll be a, it's smart politically. I'll wait till he's in a good mood. And then I'll go and I'll have my say with him. And we'll take care of it then. And he said, no. He wasn't happy with that. But that's what she was thinking. 
So he says to her, you got to go now. Okay. But that, that at least explains what was going on with Esther. But the question is, why was that good enough? And what was it that Mordechai wanted from her? So take a look now on source number four to the Pach and Yitzchak. Because Rav Hutner has the same question. And he says it even stronger. Says Rav Hutner, It's a, Mechur means disgusting. This like disgusting, a very strong language. This disgusting, you know, assumption of, of, of you know, that, that she has some type of dastardly idea or that she's refusing to go, to, to, to make these assumptions about her is so powerful and so, 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 mechur, horrible. Al Esther Amalka. Chashar kezehu mina nino. What kind of thing is this even to say? Mordechai. Elahamahalacha inin kachu. But I'll tell you what's really going on here, says Ravunner. Hamispala ba'al chavero. Vudsarich laosa davar. We know this concept before, right? A person wants to daven, needs something, and they have another person who needs the same thing. And what did Chazal say? If you daven for that person, for what they need, then you'll get the answer first. Where does that come from? It comes from the story of, of Avram and Sarah in the house of Avimelech. When they go, Avram goes down to Avimelech, and, uh, and Sarah gets taken, he says again another time that she's my sister, and he takes her, and while she's in the house, so all kinds of terrible things happen in the house of Avimelech, and eventually, when it's time, Avimelech's like, get out of here, just leave, take her, and, and, and get out of here. Before they go, Avram Davins. When Avram Davins, what happens? The people in his, in the, all the, the, the maidservants, and everyone who was in his, working in his house, they all start to have children. And immediately afterwards, the next passage is, Vashem bakarat Sarah Hashemar. And then Hashem remembered Sarah, she had a child. And Rashi says, from here we see, that this exact concept, that Avram Davins for Avimelech to have children, and then what happened? He ended up having a child first. Fine. I mean, Rashi explains how, what Hashem Bekadah Sarah Hashemar is second. So how's that? So he says, she was already, she was, they didn't know, but she was already pregnant at that point before, before uh, Hashem responded to Avimelech. Fine. But that, that's the concept. We've heard this before, but it's always kind of a concerning thing to hear. Okay? It sounds like voodoo, but it's like a magic trick. Like, what, is this, what does this mean, Chazal tell us, that if, if a person davens for somebody else and they need the same thing, so, and what, I can like, can I game the system? There's a, there's a website where, where you can get, it's a real thing. You can go, uh, you can find a tzara, if a person has a tzara, and find someone that's actually very beautiful. Find someone else with the same tzara, and you dive for each other. It's amazing, actually. It's a very beautiful thing. But, but again, like what? It's like a, it's like a hocus pocus, right? It's a, it's a, it's a some type, what, what does that mean? So, Rupert explains what it mean. Why is it? Mipneshi yesh omek to home. He says, because there's a tremendous difference in a person who davens, regular to daven, and a person who davens because they're broken. A person who davens because they're so down and out from having suffered for whatever sorrow that they have, and they continue to daven, the Yibbam Shalom responds to a tefillah of a lev nishbar in a very, very different way than he responds to a regular tefillah. We know from many times Chazal, we know about Chana, when Chana goes to Davin for a child, all these different stories that we have about people who came to Davin just broken and they turn to the Bon Shalom because they realize they have no one out, nowhere else to turn. The only one they have is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
מתוך בקושס הישוע, הרי יש ביודו קניין של כוח תפילה נשגב. Most people who have a tzara don't think that they have, they, we think when we have a tzara in our lives, how much we don't have. And what we don't realize is that it's specifically the person who, who's, who's suffering, who has, a, who has a koach that no one else has in a certain sense. That they have the power to break through in tefillah in a way that other people don't have because, they're, because they have such a, such a pain. Not that, they're, not that they're asking for it, not that that's a nechama. But, that, but that's what, 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 what Chazal tells us. And they have that power. And what happens? Imagine a person who has that power. Because they're so broken, they've had so much sorrow and so much pain and so much suffering. And they have the, the one thing they do have is the ability to turn to Rebbe Hashem with powerful tefillah. And what do they do? They don't use that power for themselves. They turn it over and they hand it to somebody else. Person takes that power and uses it for somebody else, not for themselves. You give it as a gift to somebody else. It's a person who, who davens for their, for their friend for someone else, and they need the same thing, klomar, meaning, the person takes, the one thing they have, they do have, is this, is this intensity, of, of need, for Hashem, and they hand it over, and they don't focus on themselves, they focus it on somebody else. He said, if a person does that, what, what, kind of, what kind of power that is for a person to take their pain and their moment of greatest suffering to think about somebody else and to turn and say to Hashem, but answer him or answer her. I want, I want you to answer them. He says, what type of zuchus that is for the person themselves when they act that way and they mean it. So what is that? That's it's a very beautiful, very uh, remarkable shot, and this idea of a person diving for somebody else that it has an impact on themselves. But what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with with with, with Esther? Vizeu pesha davar haora sham Mordechai la Esther, and this is what Mordechai is telling Esther. Al tidamid benafshech limalei. Don't think you're going to escape meaning. Klomar, not Esther. You have an intention of 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 saving yourself and leaving everybody else to, to be killed. That's not what he meant. That's not he meant. Chas v'chalila. But he meant to say, Kloma tefilaseich al knesis Yisrael tavodafka mitocha ha'akara shagam atzricha la'osadavar. The most powerful tefila essay you're going to be able to, to, to bring to the Rebona Shalom is if you feel the same intensity of pain and trouble and worry and, 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 and anxiety that the rest of us feel. You're feeling the same anxiousness and the same nervousness and the same pachad that we're all feeling on the street. Esther, only if you feel that way will you be able to deliver a tefillah that has power. If you deliver that tefillah on our behalf. Esther, you have an opportunity here in a strange way to call it an opportunity. 
that you have an opportunity if you step up now at a time when you are most vulnerable. Why does he not want her to wait? Because if she waits, then she feels like, okay, it's a little safer. Go now when you're not safe. Feel what it means to be not safe. And to feel that terror and that pachad, then you're going to daven. And you're going to daven for somebody else. And you turn it and you daven for Am Yisrael instead of for yourself. Then that's a tefillah. If you can come from that place, then your tefillah is going to be a different tefillah. Don't take the easy way. Don't take it. Don't don't wait and delay till you're feeling more comfortable and less worried. Because it's bedafka when you're feeling less, more comfortable and less worried that your tefillah won't be as powerful. A wild, a, just an, a, an amazing idea. So how does Esther respond? How does Esther respond to Mordechai's request? She responds with exactly what he asks her to do. But she takes it a step further. Go back now to source number one, to, 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 to Esther's response. What does she say to... to uh, to Mordechai, for me, the most meaningful Pasuk in the entire, in the entire uh, Megillah. Leich, she says. She says to back to him. Leich, Kano says, Kola Yehudim and Sayyim B'Shushan. Go, Mordechai, you know what we need to do? You want me to daven for everybody else? You want us to be in power, uh, uh, to, to use the power of a Mispala Bal Chaver, I've got an idea for you. Leich, Kano says, Kola Yehudim. Get all them together, and what should they do? I want them to daven for me. Don't daven for yourselves. Get all of Amishal together, fast on my behalf. We're going to do the same thing. And what's going to happen? And it's with that I'm going to go to the Melech. Shalokadas, at a time when I'm going to be free, fear, afraid for my life. At a time when I'm going to be the most fearful, I'll go. And we'll see what happens. If I get lost, I'm lost. But this word, Uvechein, this word, Uvechein, becomes taken by Chazal later on. Take a look at source number five. We have additions to the, to the tefillah on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, right, in the, in the, in the, in the Atakadosh. And what do we say three times in the Atakadosh? Over and over again. What's Uvachain? Where do we see the word Uvachain ever anywhere? And the Vujraham says, I'll tell you exactly where Uvachain comes from. It comes from Esther and Malka. Why? Because we're going in front of the king, our Shashana, Yom Kippur. We feel we're going, Shalokadas, and the lives on the line. So we, we, remember, we, remember, we remember Esther at that moment. But I saw Abshat. It goes even further than that. Rizaya Figo, I don't even know who he is, said a beautiful pshat. He said, when Mordechai asks Esther to go to the king again, what does she say to him? Leich knows is called Yehudim and Mitzayim Veshushan, Vitsumu Alai. She shouldn't have said Sumu Alai. She should have said, Sumu Aleichem. Sumu, just fast. Fast, you should fast. Fast and daven. And what does she say? Fast for me. Vigamani Venarasai, Atsu As. Uh, we're going to do the same thing, meaning, he says, we're going to daven for you. 
What we're going to do, she says, Mordechai, is exactly what you said. I'm going to daven for you, and you're going to daven for me. And what's going to happen is, if we do that, then your Bo Shalom is going to see that we've learned our lesson. Because after all, what does the entire story of Purim start with? It all starts with the words of Haman. As the Gemara Megillah plays out, that Haman, Haman was smart. Haman knew how to attack Am Yisrael. What does he say about us? We're a nation that is split up. We don't get along. We don't take care of each other. What are we going to do, says Esther? We're going to be there for each other. I'm going to daven for you. You're going to daven for me. And what's going to happen? And then at that moment, I have the audacity to go in front of the king. And I think this goes uh, perfectly with the idea of a partner. If you're telling me that we need to maximize the sense of Lev Nishbar for each other, then that's exactly what we need to do as a precursor right, to any approach to the king. Fasten down for me, I'll fasten down for you. We hand over the power of feeling that HaKadosh Baruch was the only one there for us. And we make use of that power for each other. And then, even if I'm coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, maybe I'm coming as a person who hasn't done everything right. Most of us haven't. But we don't have to feel Shalokadas because I'm doing, the, I'm doing, I'm doing the, the ultimate thing that he wants from me. I'm turning and, and speaking on behalf of my brother and on behalf of my sister. And the truth is we find this DNA in, Esther, in the DNA of Esther as well. The Gemara in, in source number six, the Gemara, the Gemara in Megillah, Dafi Gimel Mabez, asks, wants to understand what was so special about Rachel, Rachel Yimenu, that she was Zohar to have children like Shaul and like Esther Amalka. And the Gemara says, the top of source number six, By the way, this isn't talking, it's actually an interesting, giving a shir about Snias, uh, what Snias really means. What it refers to here is the selflessness. It uses the language of Snias, it refers to a, a being a selfless character. Right? It's because of that, her, her, her you know, self-effacing, uh, the way she was self-effacing, would allow her to have children like Shaul, and eventually Shaul, at the same Midah, was able to have Esther. And what was that, that Midah of Rachel, the Midah that we know about her? Right? That when it came time for her sister, and this is the, the, the famous Gemara that tells us the, the story, that, that she meets up with, with, uh, with Yaakov the very first time, and he says, I'm, you know, it's, the Torah says that he was, his, he was her, bro- her father's brother. He's not her father's brother, he's his nephew. No, but I'm his brother when it comes to Ramos. I can, I can deal with his tricks. And he sets up the whole plan that when she's gonna, when she's gonna, he's gonna switch us, switch you and Leah, we'll have signs and we're gonna know everything. We'll set it up and we'll get ready. And they're all prepared to foil the plan except for one problem, says Rachel. That if we do this, Leah's gonna be embarrassed. And so what does she do? She does something that no human being, I can't imagine doing. She gives up her relationship with her husband forever in order to spare her sister because she cares about the needs of another person. She cares so, so passionately for, for a fellow Jew that she's willing to basically give up her entire future. And that's what she does. And it's because of that, source number seven, that when it comes time, I'm yourself to go into Golos. And, 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 and the Gemara says, all, every one of the others came to Hashem and says, stop it, stop it. Don't, don't do this. Don't take them out. Promise to bring them back. He said, I don't promise anything. And then Rachel Mavak Abanel is the only person that Kadosh Baruch responds to says the Gemara is Rachel Imenu. 
because you were the one who cared that much for somebody else, you, your, your first line of thinking was, what can I give up of my own for somebody else? Karsh Baruch Hu says, I'll answer you. It's the midah of a person who in their most difficult situations is willing to look at the needs of another person that is the most powerful tefillah that any person can ever have. And the truth is that separate from this, the day of Purim is told to us by Chazal in many places is an extraordinarily powerful day of davening. Look at source number eight. It's the Kundrits by Rav Karelenstein, who's a Rosh Shiva Yerushalayim. It's the Kundrits Binyani Yimea Permanent. He writes as follows. This sefer about Segulos writes, It's 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 known. That it's a, a special Indian on Purim to get up early in the morning and to daven extra, and to daven for anything. To, to, to daven for your children, for the things that you need, for parnasa, whatever it is that you need. To daven for your relatives, to daven for your family, and to daven for all of Am Yisrael. Mentioned this, this afternoon at Mincha. The idea of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippurim, is not a, it's not a, it's not a Baba Maisa. It's a real thing. That the day of Purim, the day of Yom Kippur is like Purim. The day of Yom Kippur was the day when we got the second Luchos. The day of Purim was the day we accepted Torah again, a second time, because we wanted it. Because we were able to find him in Bono Shalom in a place where he was hidden. To find him at a time when he wasn't staring us in the face. Actually, in a time when he was hiding himself from us in a very intense way. And we went to find him anyways. And at that time, because of that, Purim becomes a special day where tefillahs are accepted. Sam Sofer writes, as a halacha when it comes to the Matanos Yonim on Purim, ko poshet yad li to Any person, uh, typically if a person comes to your house asking for tzedakah, so technically you, you check. You have, have a tzedakah, who are you? On Purim you don't ask. On Purim you just give. Says the Sam Sofer, just like we are supposed to act that way with other people on Purim, kach and acts that way with us. Ko poshet yad any person who puts out their hand on Purim, being bonus on response. It's a tremendous day. It fits with all the other Mamari Chazal, but the power of Tila in general on Purim. And why generally on Purim again, like we said? Because Purim is a time where we find him bonus when he's harder to find. We find him because we're interested in finding him. We find him because we, we, we care to find him, which is the time that he finds himself, which he appreciates more than anything else. And I have to say, there probably hasn't, hasn't been a time in, in many, many years or decades when there is, we, we refer to the concept of right? you daven for somebody and you need the same thing. So like I said, there's, there's a website, you can find someone with the same exact tzara that you have. Or you know, people know, there's different types of tzara that people have and I, and I know that person has that tzara and I have the same tzara, so I, right, uh, so I'll daven for them. And I hope they'll have them for me. But I'll tell you, right now is a time of a tzara for the, never been a time in, in, in who knows how long when every 
member of the Jewish people is experiencing the same sorrow, the same exact thing. We're, we're, we're all looking for this, the world to go back to normal. We're coming back on an anniversary of this already. And never been a time. You don't have to ask, which person wants the same thing that I want? Every person wants the same thing that you want. We all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. And to think that, it's, that we have a day in front of us, and a week and a half, less than a week and a half, where we can daven for anything that we want. Kol yad The power, the opportunity, that is the day of Purim, as a day of tefillah, is remarkable. And I'll say also, yes, this year Purim is on an Arab Shabbos, so it makes it a little bit busier, but it's also a day when we're not going to be quite as busy. There won't be so many people at the, at the Purim Suda. There's not going to be much going on the night of Purim. There's just a lot of more time that will be available. It is set up for us to spend a little extra time this Purim in tefillah. Tefillah for somebody else. And certainly feel for ourselves as well. But I think that the, 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 this message of Purim, and, and, and a reminder, at that moment, in Perak Dalit, when Esther says, Leich Kenosis Kol Yehudim and Yimsayim B'Shushan, and Mordechai says, sure, and he goes and he does it, and what happens, the next, the, next, the next part of the story is, the king can't sleep. The king can't sleep. So yeah, Ahasuerus couldn't sleep. But who, who, who couldn't sleep? The Rebbe Shalom couldn't sleep, say Chazal. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the king wakes up. Because when Am Yisrael get together and they galvanize themselves and they say, we're not going to go away. And I want you to help him and I want you to help her and I want you to help him and I want you to help them. And don't worry about me, but help everybody else. Coach Brokha says, okay, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. I got it. I got the message. I'm ready to help. So Halavai, that we use the day of Purim, a day that is an opportunity like no other an opportunity to be leich kenosis kol yehudim, a little bit physically, but certainly spiritually together, to be people who are mispal about chaveiro. We should never be in a situation of leiv nishbar. No, none of us should have a leiv nishbar, but unfortunately, there are too many people who do, and we should use the opportunity to reach out to the rebbeinu shalom for others, to reach out for ourselves and mir Hashem, just like through the tefilos of klal yisrael together. The decree was, was, was annulled. The decree was lifted. And Amisha Hadez of Sassam Vesimcha, so too. This should be a time when the decrees of the world are annulled, are removed from the world. And we too should have a time of Laihudim Haisas Sassam or Vesimcha Sassam Vikar. Wishing everybody a wonderful evening.